Hi, I'm Caroline, a yoga teacher with a special interest in menopause based in Edinburgh. And hi, I'm Dr. Claire, a GP with a special interest in menopause based in North London. Together we are the Menopause Sisters and we're here to guide and support you through your menopause journey. Welcome to our show today, uh, an early Saturday morning. We're delighted today to have Claire Shepherd and Elizabeth Carr-Ellis join us to discuss their, I guess it's a project, isn't it? Part of a menopause campaign which they started um, and so we're delighted to have them to welcome them on the show today just to have a chat about what it is, what their their hopes and goals are for it and to try and um, understand a bit about how it came into being. So welcome both. Thank you very much for joining us so early on a Saturday morning. So early. <laughs> <laughs> We'd only be sleeping. <laughs> this is the pyjama slot. This is the roll out of bed and just you know, grab a cup of coffee and pyjama slot. <laughs> I think we should probably begin by um, just finding out how how the poster campaign came about, you know, where, where, where it stemmed from. The poster campaign was because um, I tend to get on social media after a couple of drinks. <laughs> And I had been, it started before that. There was a few of us who were on the BBC's Wake Up to the Menopause. And so we connected on Twitter and we started talking about our experience. And when I first went to the GP, it was after suffering symptoms for four years. And I didn't realise they were menopause at all. It was my husband who was determined to find a cure for hot flushes, who turned around and said, all of these symptoms you've been having, everything that's taken you to your doctor over the last four years is menopause. And they're quite basic menopause symptoms. So things like, you know, thinning hair, fatigue, pains in my joints, palpitations. So they're, they're quite, you know, now that I know more, I know that these are normal menopause symptoms, but I had no idea. And I'm a journalist and I've worked in women's health stories, you know, 30 years and never once had I done menopause. Um, so we were talking about our experiences and I said, and you know what, when I went to the GP, he printed out four sheets of A4 paper with information, which was everything I'd read the night before. So I'd read them by the time I got home and they went straight into recycling and they didn't help me at all. Like, what's the point to give me that information when I went to him to say I was menopausal? He didn't diagnose me. None of the doctors had. And if I'd known this before, I could have said four years ago and saved myself all this pain. And there were so many who said, oh, God, yeah, I had exactly the same thing. The doctor had to print out these pieces. And so it started turning into a little, why isn't the leaflets, why isn't the posters? And we kept talking about it and talking about it. And then one night I was at the GPs to discuss HRT and I was looking around at all the posters for everything, you know, and lots of it that are preventable things as well you know and menopause is not preventable we can't stop it and I just got really really angry and thought right if the NHS won't give us a poster I'm going to get a poster and I had a vision in my head of all these women standing there with a menopause poster I went home told my husband my idea and we sat and had a few drinks and I kept talking about it kept talking about it and he said oh for god's sake either do it or shut up I'm fed up with hearing about this bloody poster (laughs) So I got online, got in touch with the people who we'd been talking to. And I said, I've just had this idea. Um, what do you think? Is it is it good? Or am I just on an estrogen high? And they all turned around and said, no, it's good. And I was like, oh, damn, I've got to do it now. <laughs> and that was it. Um, and that was it. 
that was that was how it started. The next day, I thought, right, we I better get a poster then because these amazing women, we all admired, thought it was a good idea. So yeah, I am. Um, I got in touch with a friend who is a graphic designer, and I think within two weeks she had created a draft of this poster, and we all just went, "Wow." That is perfect. That is exactly what you want. Claire, I have to say, Claire came up with the the symptoms because I hadn't even thought that far. <laughs> I hadn't thought about what should be on the poster. And Claire sent me a link saying, you know, this is this is what the information we need to have on. So it conforms to nice guidelines and we can campaign to get it into GP's offices. I swear to God, I hadn't even thought that far. So Claire, that's interesting because I was just going to say, you know, what is on the poster? Um, and, you know, how did how did that come about? So obviously you were going through or via nice guidelines. Yeah, it was um, the reason I was so passionate about joining Liz. Although there are times, Liz, where I do regret it. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, uh, uh, I went through the menopause. Uh, in my 30s, I didn't get a diagnosis for seven years. And this, but you know, I have to say this is before the time of Dr. Google. Okay. So there was no, there was no reference at all for me to do, um, you know, to, to find out myself what was actually happening to me. So, of course, that adds to the fear and that adds to the anxiety um, and everything else. Um, and so um, I was well aware of the symptoms and also. Because I'd gone through it myself, I then started a trained in nutrition to help other women who were also going through it again before Dr. Google came into the uh, into the world. Um, so I was really well aware of the symptoms. Now, mostly aware that um, I'm, I'm very conscious that we just didn't need the physical symptoms on the poster. We needed um, some mental, emotional symptoms as well, because that is really what gets women in the end. It's the struggle with anxiety, um, with fear, with depression, with feeling, you know, that they can never be the person that they were again, um, wondering constantly what is happening to both their body and their mind. And of course, that affects them in life, at work and at home and, and everything else. So, yeah, I was really keen to make sure that it followed what was in the NICE guidelines at the time and that we definitely included some mental, emotional symptoms. And we often talk about those mental and emotional symptoms being sometimes the first symptoms that begin to arise. We um, we spoke to you know Cathy uh, Abernethy, um, the former former chair of the British Menopause Society, a few weeks ago, and we were discussing actually we we're focusing on anxiety and and just talking about how women often come in and see a GP or their nurse or healthcare practitioner and say I'm just feeling a bit uncertain or there's this feeling of overwhelm, that kind of sense of doom. Um, for some women, it's just about losing a bit of confidence and going. Oh, actually, I don't feel comfortable driving at night. And, and it's these little things, isn't it, that begin to creep in. And it's not always the hot flushes. I mean, it's just, you know, that's the, the kind of stereotype of a, of a menopause symptom. You know, everybody is so different. But we did, um, Liz and I conducted a survey of over 850 women. And it's actually in our support pack. You can see the results. Um, 850 women. And it was the most common symptoms that women went to see their GP with, first of all, were anxiety and depression. It wasn't the hot flushes, irregular periods and uh, all those more known symptoms, menopause. It was the mental, emotional. And you know what? It took them four years to get there. And the hot flushes for me were, were the last thing that came. And because I knew they were menopause, that's why we were able to join the dots. Yeah. 
and put it together. You know, I, I had suffered the most horrendous anxiety and depression in the few years before that. Um, and you just sort of, you know, it was almost like I accepted it because I was having a stressful time and, you know, there was work and there's all these sort of things. So you think, oh, well, yeah, of course I'm anxious. Of course I'm stressed because this is what is happening with life at the moment. And so you put it off. I'd never once thought, you know, oh, well, this is because you're going through the menopause. So therefore there's help out there. You can get something. And I think it's really, it's really key. I mean, you mentioned at the start as, you know, not, not knowing about the menopause. And I think it's really interesting that we are really primed, aren't we, as women to know about, you know, our first period coming. We're pretty good with knowing about pregnancy and antenatal care and not getting pregnant. But actually that kind of latter half, the post-reproductive years, for some, you know, like we're saying, it's it's early. And for some, it's, it, you know, it's at the average age. But we're not good at recognising those symptoms in yourself. So I was really interested in, to hear a bit more about your support pack and what, what that includes and how women can go about getting that and, and, and helping themselves as well. Well, the idea only came about because we were, you know, we've only been going two and a half years and we've been, the support that we've had and the people we've reached, tens of thousands of people all over the world, not just in the UK. I mean, it's been incredible. And then we went to Parliament and we spoke to MPs um, just before lockdown, about a week or two before lockdown, wasn't it? Um, and then, of course, everything came to an absolute halt. So we, we had to think of something that would still stimulate interest in the poster because people weren't going to the GPs, so they weren't going to go armed with this piece of paper as a poster and say, here, you know, I'm menopausal, put this up on your wall and help others. So the idea was to put a um, support pack together that would basically just give them a little bit of confidence about an understanding about what was happening in their body and also, importantly, what they could do about it. Um, as I say, during lockdown, many people weren't even contacting their GPs for reasons you know, far worse, perhaps, than, than menopause. Um, so it was, it's really quite simple. It's a symptom tracker. It's not every symptom, but it, the idea is there where they can start to log their symptoms over a period of a month. And that has a twofold effect of benefit that helps them understand, oh, well, yes, maybe this is menopause. Maybe this is, you know, what's happening to my body and my mind. And also it gives them a piece of paper um, armed, um, armed with a piece of paper to talk to their um, health practitioner about, whether that's their GP or the practice nurse or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like evidence in the hand. You know, this is what's happening, and I've logged it and I've monitored it. Um, there's a list of quest- suggested questions that they could ask their GP. Um, it's not comprehensive; they're just suggestions. And the reason we do that is because, um, as you know, Claire, GP's time is precious. Um, you have very little time to be able to um, share and really, um, I think, hear um, what's going on from a patient. And that's that's not a criticism of um, GPs at all. This is just that they have such a short space of time to really um, listen to that person. Um, And so this is a list of questions that the woman can go in with, suggested questions that she can go in with so that she leaves feeling confident that she's been heard. 
because we've done lots of interviews with people and one of the common threads that comes up is that women don't feel heard. So that was the reason for the questionnaire. There is a page of self-care, of course, I have to put that in, things women can do to help themselves um, emotionally uh, affect their that will benefit their emotional as well as their physical health through diet, nutrition and lifestyle. Because at the end of the day, there is no one quick fix. There's, um, you know, GP can talk to them about HRT. HRT may not suit them. They may not be able to be on HRT. They may choose not to go on HRT. But whatever choices they make looking after themselves is going to help them Um, through menopause and also create their very best health beyond menopause, which is so vitally important to the NHS in the long term. (laughs) And um, we have a snapshot of our survey results as well, because we think that's a really powerful piece of information for women to know and understand that, first of all, they're not alone. And secondly, it's to encourage them not to wait. It's encourage them to, as soon as you think, there's a problem don't just wait go and talk to somebody about it I think that's such great advice because I think that at the time that you start to have symptoms we're all very good at putting those off aren't we and just going oh I'll 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 deal with that at some point but also like you said at the beginning there is a lack of confidence um, that comes you know those those psychological symptoms can be really overwhelming so anything that can support a woman going to their GP and also we, we often say challenging their GP and saying well actually I think this is going on is fine when we're not in a I mean I know that, that it, it's still very hard to get GP appointments but but in times you know as we're coming out of the pandemic perhaps you know being able to go in armed with knowledge is so beneficial isn't it just having that as a backup really definitely claire you mentioned you went through menopause um in your 30s and i think it's really important just to pick up on that point actually because you know one in a hundred women are under 40 um and we would we've just been talking about you know highlighting symptoms and trying to get information there so women can recognize these symptoms perhaps a little bit earlier because often it, it can take a few years to to join the dots but actually, obviously, there are women where they're in perimenopause or go through menopause a little bit earlier than than what is often seen as the average um, in the UK. And I think it's one of these things that, for me, I feel quite strongly it needs to be, you know, in the curriculum. I'm in Edinburgh, I'm in Scotland. That's something I'm beginning to sort of talk to, to, to local councils about. But it's just having that that seed planted uh you know with within the sexual health discussions they have in school so that actually whether they recognize it in an aunt or a mum or there's an element of going well this happens at the other end you know periods aren't forever because whilst they're in that moment going oh gosh right i'm gonna start having periods and that is almost enough to go whoa there's there's an end to it so i just wanted to sort of put that out there and and i realize in england that's maybe changing a little bit already Menopause is now on the curriculum. A few of us have tried to find out exactly how much it's on the curriculum and what it shows, but we haven't we uh, we haven't been able to get that yet. But again, over the last two years, it's been quite difficult with teachers homeschooling. So yeah, but it is it's really important. That's that's why we're so passionate about these posters being around because they just normalise menopause and they let everybody know that it is there. It's 
not optional. It's not something you can ever avoid. It, it, there, you know, there is a start to our fertility and an end to our fertility. We need to understand both sides of it, you know, the good and the bad of what that can bring as well. I think that there's so much emphasis now on all the different symptoms you can get and all the bad parts about menopause, but we don't talk about just how good it can make you feel. It's, it's taken me a long while to get the right HRT, but the last couple of months now that I have, I'm starting to feel really good. And I know that's not just the HRT because it has taken me so long that I've had to find other ways to help my menopause symptoms as well. So I have, you know, I have the best of both worlds going on and it's really, it, it's given me so much more confidence and power, much more than I had in my 20s and 30s, because I have all the life experience behind me as well. And I think it's really important that we tell women it's not just all our flushes and anxiety and feeling like the world's going to end, which is everything I went through. There is another part to it that we need to we need to explore as well and look forward to. I am, you know, I am looking forward to wearing white this summer without any problems whatsoever. I'm not going to have to worry about it. I'll spend one week where I can't wear white at all. I'm I'm embracing all the white bottoms I can get. Trust me. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm not having to rush out. Sorry, Marxies, but, you know, I'm not having to rush out and buy knickers every month because I've had a pair ruined, you know. No wonder Marxies is going downhill. (laughs) Marks and Spencers, I still love you. You know, but there's all this that we don't talk about with menopause. And it's it's so important that women get told it's not the end. It's the start of a next stage. That's all. Yeah. And it's often described as the second spring, isn't it? And I think, you you know, for me, the, the, the word choice is, is brilliant as well, Elizabeth, because actually it isn't a choice. And so once we get over the fact that it is going to happen, it becomes normalised as such. You know, this is something we are going to go through and having those tools and that awareness of some of the symptoms, but how, you know, how you can potentially deal with them. Because as, as Claire was saying, you know, we, we know it's it, HRT isn't, isn't the magic bullet always. And there are other elements we can do to help ourselves. Um, and so one, there's a, so, so almost a level of acceptance. And then once that acceptance is there, able to sort of help help yourself. Um, and as you say, move forward positive, you know, positively, um, because it's just, it can be embraced. And it can be, like you say, the second spring, this, this light at the end of a tunnel almost, can't it? Definitely. I can, you know, I can put my hand up and and say that it's absolutely the case. Life beyond menopause is or can be amazing. I, you know, I mean, I I was just about to say, I I think this is possibly the best time, you know, the best period of my life so far, to be honest. I mean, every period has been great. Don't get me wrong. But there's a, there's a, there's a power in you know, life beyond menopause. There's an empowerment. It's you feel more in control of life, um, but you have to take control of your life as well. So it's not it's not just like a given. But oh my gosh, I've not had a period for twelve months, and oh, I'm two years now, and I've not had a hot flush. So there we are. What come on, world? It's, you know, you have to work at it as well. But for sure. This has the potential to be, you know, the best third of a woman's life. There is so much focus in the media about, you know, under 50s 
but not so much afterwards. And we, we are the generation who are now able to write this and be able to say there are no rules. There is no rule book for us. When you're in your 20s, you're told you should be, you know, starting your career, looking to find the one, starting a family towards the end of it, into your 30s, 30s, building it up, and, you know, in the 40s, getting the kids off to university, 50s. What? What do you do? There's nothing. So it is, if we start embracing the fact that we are free from so many things now, you know, so many biological hang-ups, then we can write our own rules for the rest of our lives. It's amazing how many women um, instigate divorce age 50 plus, (laughs) how many women start their own businesses age 50 plus. You know, the figures are quite staggering. It's interesting, isn't it? I think it, I was just going to, you know, say, say exactly that. There's that element. And I think it was, it was Elizabeth who said, you know, we've got all this life experience, um, you know, when we get to this stage, you know, if we are going through this stage um, at the average age of around 52. And with all that life experience comes wonderful entrepreneurial uh, businesses that, just those decisions of going, well, actually, no, I'm going to say no to that. I don't want that, whether that's the marriage or the job or whatever's going on in your life. There's, a, there's a, just a sense of freedom, I think, isn't there? And, and I think, Claire, you use the word empowerment incredibly so. Definitely. I, I like the word freedom. That's the word I hear very, very often from ladies postmenopausal. Um, and I also I wanted to, if it was OK, to focus a little bit on um, menopause in the workplace and how you how we can start that conversation, because it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, there's sort of two sides to that. Sorry, I know that, that on the on on your website, you've got a little bit about this, haven't you, um, Claire and Liz? But it's just about having having the awareness, I suppose, and also how we can how we can enter that conversation with our colleagues, our workplaces. I mean, I think the poster is brilliant. We've got it up in the loo at work, so that's fantastic. But what else could we be doing? What else can women do? I mean, because a lot of this is driven by us, isn't it? And it's driven by a perimenopausal or menopausal woman often. I think the first thing is, you know, talk to HR. Tell your HR department what's going on because on a very basic level, you know, there have been lawsuits over menopause. So they need to know how to protect their workforce. And also with the, I think it's one in 10 women leave work because of menopause. So that's a lot of experience that companies are losing at a time when, you know, everybody's having to tighten their belt. So to lose that experience that they've trained up is shocking. So I think... Rather than put it on an emotional level, you have to put it on a business foot and level to begin with and explain the pros for the company that gets. Because for the start, you get amazing role models for younger women. And if you can keep them in your company, fantastic. And if you can harness all this power that comes with menopause, then there's no reason why those women can't be, you know, a, a real positive for your company. So definitely start off with HR and then, you know, talk to talk to your fellow women about it, because if you're with other 40s and 50 year old women, they're going to be going through the same thing. So talk to your colleagues about it and don't be shy. Don't be certainly don't be ashamed. I, I hate this idea of shame because nobody tells a teenager to be ashamed of puberty. And yet that's all that's happening. We're going through puberty in reverse. So why should we be ashamed about it? You know, it's no more than being ashamed about what curly hair you have. Oh, it's nothing we can do. So, yeah, don't be ashamed about it. Talk to people. 
um, and put our posters up, of course, because they're a fantastic site. I have to put a plug in for our posters, but yeah, put the posters up and and just be honest. If you're having a hot flush, say you're having a hot flush. Don't be ashamed of it. Just say you're having a hot flush and can somebody help? Because if you weren't feeling well in a meeting, you would say, I don't feel well. It's exactly the same thing. I hate the word hot flush because flush is so delicate and light. And, you know, it's this nuclear explosion that goes off in your stomach and takes over your whole body. So why shouldn't you stop a meeting because you're feeling unwell with that and just say, I need five minutes. That's it. You know, be be a little, for want of a better word, ballsy about it. And just be open and honest. And I know I am now at work and the, the men are very used to where I say, look, I'm having a bad menopause day. Just just bear with me, please. Um, I'm very lucky. I, I work at Hello Magazine and they are working on the Menopause Weekly Pledge. So now they are hyper aware of everything <laughs> that's going on. Um, so I am really, really lucky that way. But yeah, just just be just be gobby about it. That's our word of this week, actually. We're gobby women and we're telling everybody else to be gobby about it. Definitely. I love the idea of being gobby women, actually just not cl- not, not not shutting us up, as it were, and, and speaking out. Um, I don't think you can really shut any of us up in this uh, in this virtual Zoom room. We're all speaking about it and actually using that word menopause. I mean, I think that's really key. I know Claire and I obviously use it quite a lot. And even my, I've got three boys. Claire's got two boys, <laughs> Dr. Claire. You know, the, my children use it. You know, they often say, oh, are you having, you know, a menopause brain fog day? Or they'll use it. And actually for me... They're currently 9, 11 and 13. I'm giving them this word and it's just normal in our house. And it's wonderful because I hope that going forwards, you know, they don't not even going to think about it. And actually, it was absolutely brilliant. It was one of uh, one of my 13 year old's friends had turned around the other day and just said, oh, well, what is menopause? You know, and so I, I wasn't expecting that, but it meant there was a, just a brief conversation there. And so it's about just using the word, isn't it? Making it less of a taboo and, and having these conversations with everybody and anybody. Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, when I was going through it, menopause wasn't in my vocabulary. I, I had I genuinely didn't know anything about it. I mean, a single thing about it. Um, my mum was um, 39 when she had me. So when she went through other change, that's pretty much what it was. It was whispered. It was very hush hush. and It was very quiet. And it was just it wasn't in our vocabulary. And one of the things that I wanted to join with Liz so much on this poster campaign is not a lot has changed. There is still that taboo around it. There is still that whispering. Um, And a lot of that, I think, is because women feel so alone. You know, even in the workplace, those connections might not be there and they feel really alone. And one of the great things about the poster in the workplace, I found on the back of many toilet doors, um, on notice boards, on and all over the place is, it starts those conversations. So as one woman is stood looking at it, another woman might join and that just starts that really important conversation. And then that's like a domino effect. It starts to spread. Um, so anything that anybody can do to raise awareness of this subject and break that taboo and get us talking, get us being gobbier, if that's at all possible, um, <laughs> it's been gobbier. It's got to have beneficial effects. And, you know, like for you, Caroline, 
and, and Dr. Clare with your children. They're going to be familiar with it. They're going to talk to their friends about it. They're going to grow up and hopefully be supportive of their wives and, and what they're going to go through it. So, you know, the benefits are just amazing. I think it's also about as women, you know, challenging. I mean, there's a lot of misinformation out there that we, we come across quite quite regularly. And it, it's empowering ourselves also to challenge that misinformation if we think it's misinformation. Because I know certainly with Caroline and I, we, we've we've had to we've challenged a fair few few things over the last few weeks, which have, which have angered us. But it's it's having that uh, that challenging attitude as well, that inquisitive challenging attitude, and being able to, like you say, like support one another, support your fellow woman who might be going through it, and just mentioning, oh, do you perhaps think this could be perimenopausal? Because sometimes we're our own worst enemies, aren't we? We can't see the wood for the trees. We can't recognise our own symptoms and. And those psychological symptoms creep up so gradually sometimes it's suddenly you're kind of overwhelmed and you don't know what to do. So it's also having the awareness that perhaps your friends, your colleagues, your co-workers, whoever they are, might be going through these symptoms. And you can just say, well, actually, have you thought about this? And um, this is what this is what you can do about it. I think you have to know about menopause in order to rule out what's not menopause as well. Like when I went with palpitations, of course, the doctor checked me out for heart conditions because I could, I could have been having a heart problem. It's the fact that nobody mentioned it could also have been mm-hmm. menopause that infuriates me so much. You know, that was never in the discussion. But yeah, my doctor did the right thing by going off and doing that. So women need to know what is menopause and what isn't. I saw on a website the other day, they were trying to hawk 48 symptoms. Come on, 34 is oh, enough. <laughs> you know, for, 48 symptoms. Like what? I have an ingrowing hair. That's menopause, is it? You know, that's that's... It's starting to feel like that. And I just think, no, let's let's just, you know, be honest about what is menopause. And then women can also look after their health and know what isn't menopause and get help when they need it. Because it's wonderful having all these Facebook groups. But I see women going, oh, this is happening. Is this menopause? And I think, well, you should be checking this out seriously, not in a Facebook group. Oh, you know? drives me. Absolutely. That is a rant and a half from me in these <laughs> Facebook groups. And uh, women asking for advice um, when really they should be talking to their doctor. Um, and then other women offering advice saying, you know, take take this, take that, or, you know, do the other. And I just say, this is dangerous. There's a lot of, a lot of dangerous misinformation out there. No, that's one of the ways we'd really like to change the conversation because it has been so negative against GPs and we have always always said you know your GP is your first point of call and that that is one of the reasons what we've we've had a few GPs you know accuse us almost of telling them to suck eggs and no it's not but you only have 10 minutes in your GP appointment and they don't have the time to go back over your past history they can have a quick look but they often don't have the time so the poster is there to empower women to put the dots together themselves and say to the GP look I'm getting this this and this could it be menopause guiding yeah. the conversation yeah exactly and and I think we have you know we have to start giving GPs a little bit of um that's the word I'm looking for it's not praise but yeah menofog I need more <laughs> caffeine you know giving them a, a little bit of um understanding and, and a bit of they know what they're talking about GPs you know really important and Caroline and I have mentioned this before is that you know I'm I'm lucky enough um and I feel privileged enough to to be in a surgery where I deem myself to be a menopause specialist and there's two other menopause specialists and so you know, I see women day in, day out, and I often say we can't do this in one consultation. We can do a lot of it over the phone, 
but we may need a few. So let's let's organise a few appointments. Let's just, you know, you're not going to walk away not knowing anything. You're going to know a lot. But also, let you know, it's about empowering yourself. When you go to your GP, ask for a few appointments. Just say, I'm, I, it's probably going to need more than one appointment. Um, and that's not just for the sake of your GP, but it's so that you get the information well. It gets given to you in, in the correct sort of way. And I think that's that's another thing I would say to women is don't don't expect everything to be dealt with in 10 minutes, but also don't be fobbed off that that one 10-minute consultation is all you're going to need because you probably will need another one and you should you should ask for it. And it's interesting talking about Facebook groups and you know, women saying, oh, is, this a, is this menopause, is this menopause? You know, you talked about your the post campaign and your download pack and in there you've got a symptom checker and, that, and that's what we need to be encouraging women doing. So you're actually joining the dots because it's not about one isolated symptoms. You're likely to have more than one. The combination of them could be very different. Each woman is an individual, as the NICE guidelines state but actually it's joining the dots because it might not be menopause but it could be um and it's it's finding that balance and actually if you are able to symptom check then you're going to have a much clearer idea of if whether it is or not and then that's a conversation to have with your healthcare professional so and i also wanted to just mention actually something we didn't talk about with the poster is it's in more than one language so i just would like to highlight that we also have you seen this week we have unveiled an accessible version which has signage uh, subtitles, voice and text to help all people with different learning needs. And it's something we've been working on for a long, 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 long time. Oh. And it's been a dream for even longer. And we are we are mega chuffed with it. And a big thank you to Ali, our designer, for all the graphics and to Noma, who is a speech therapist who works with children and people with autism. And she did the sign in for us. Uh, so, yeah, I have to put a big shout out to them because we are so proud of that. That's fantastic. I mean, that for me was the big thing when I looked at it. It's inclusive. You know, you're trying to reach as many people as possible. And, and that is just, oh, that's wonderful. So something to celebrate this week. Definitely. Yeah. And we, we also have it in Scottish Gaelic. You said you are in Edinburgh. <laughs> I used to live in Edinburgh. So, yes, yeah, Scottish Gaelic was a big one. And we had help from Holyrood for that as well. Brilliant. So, yeah, people have just been amazing offering their skills and talents for free. And I think that shows, you know, just how needed this conversation is. is. I, I wanted to just do, give a massive thank you for, for those for those posters in different languages, particularly in Urdu, because there's certain demographics of women who just don't talk about this. And it's so taboo that actually even just mentioning vaginal dryness is like, no, shut down the conversation. So having this somewhere, anywhere, workplace, surgery, wherever it is, in every language, language just captures everybody there's just a you know it's it's so easy to look at and to go yeah they know what, what's going on so thank you our edu version is actually helping a university with research in pakistan that was one of our moments last year yeah so we are we are beyond thrilled i mean humbled is just it sounds such a trite word but i think we really really are humbled by it by the effect and the impact and how much this poster has has helped women. It's such a simple poster. It's so clear. The colours are wonderful. And yet, like you say, it's worldwide. And I'm sure your expectations for this this idea, probably it's well, it's exceeded, it's exceeded your expectations, I imagine. But actually the fact that it is worldwide and it's reaching women all over the world is just wonderful. Yeah, as Claire knows, I have um, lots of ideas that are, going to be exceeded poor Claire <laughs> I, I do the idea and then Claire goes okay let's come up with a plan and I'm like oh 
practicalities again. It's brilliant, but that's brilliant. That's teamwork, you know, complementing <laughs> each other, working together. It's fantastic. So, I mean, we're going to have to begin to draw it to a close, I think, actually, this morning. Um, but thank you so much for joining us, Elizabeth and Claire. And can you tell us the website details and where you can download these packs and posters from? So it's uh, positivity.co.uk and that's P-A-U-S or I-T-I-V-I-T-Y, positivity.co.uk. Everything on there is totally free. You just have to choose your language, choose your poster. Um, If it's in English, you will get the support pack. Uh, alongside it as well because that hasn't been written in all those various languages but yeah it's all free uh, and please do uh, download it share it pin it up take it to your gp use it you know use it it's really the feedback we're getting is that it's really powerful and helpful so make the most of it thank you so much for joining us thank you so much elizabeth and claire for joining us you're welcome thank you loved it